So peace, peace, peace. You're tuned into episode 33 of Hashtag You Good Men. So if, if you missed it, um, I'm joined by Jennifer Arnese. I, I gave this long spiel about who she is. How about you let me know who you are? Right? That'll um, make this a lot easier and quicker. Uh, my name is Jennifer Arnese. I'm an author. I wrote a book called Fuck That Cape, The Grown Woman's Unapologetic Guide to Putting Themselves First. Um, last year, and I focus on helping Black women heal their childhood traumas. I focus mainly on healing the Black mother wound. Um, I believe that without a shadow of a doubt that the most important thing that we can do on this planet is heal Black women because when Black women heal, everybody heals. Everybody benefits from our success. Everyone. There's no one that is left out. When we're better, everyone is better. Our children are better. Our husbands are better. Our lovers are better. Our boss is better. The earth is better. All that good shit. So, um, yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, cool, cool. You know what? You know, I had the pleasure of, of, of being on your podcast earlier, which will come out um, sometime in the, in the next few weeks, and, and it's entitled Black Women Confessionals? Black Women Confessionals, yep. Okay. Okay. And so I was very polite, right? I was polite on there. I was, I kept my opinions to myself, but you know, I, people that know me know me that I'm, I'm a controversial figure, right? And so I just find it interesting. I just say that to say, you know, when you do say, cause I do believe that uh, healing, healing black women and, and black and brown women will definitely help the world out. But I, I do think there's something to be said that as, as far as, Clearly, I'm a man healing black and brown men and what that offers. Right. And so I, I think that there's a, a healing amongst both that needs to take place. And as far as, you know, prioritization of one influencing another, um, I, I think, you know, it'll be that, that that's that's difficult. Right. That's difficult. Like the good brother said, what happens an amazingly healed woman meets an unhealed man? She gets exhausted. Right. So I think there's something to be said as far as us both having to do the work on our end. So then when we get together, we're truly able to thrive. So I'm not, a, you know, I, listen, I love it. You know, and I understand that, you know, your vantage point of where you're coming from, um, especially as being a woman and, and your experience as being a woman and how, and how you view the world and why that's critical. So, you know, not, I, I agree partially. Right? I guess, and I will say this uh, based off of the comment, when we meet a man who is unhealed, like thing I we talked about this before, mm -hmm. she can only come into connection with a man who is unhealed because he's reflecting a part of her that is unhealed. And so a healed black woman, it doesn't mean that there's not places that she continues to heal. It just means that and and, and, and part of it is the simple physiology that we birth children so when we heal we're healing the womb as well like the generations and that's just that this biology come through us so when we heal there's just a generational healing that comes and there's not a man that and i think and not to say that men are not emotional creatures, they're not intuitive and, you know, all of those things. But I think that is a evolution of, of men that's happening now. 
Um, but I do believe in a lot of ways women still bear the torch for being the emotional caretakers in a lot of ways. And so when we do heal, that gets passed on. If you think about black families, think what is like 75% of black families are run by single women. So when you think about the children that are in those houses, the impact so often we directly have over so many more people oftentimes than men do. So I don't, um, it's not necessarily a thing to say um, black women should heal more than black men. It was never that. I think that's a misunderstanding. It is just how many people, like I'm a single mother, so there's always two people at my house, me and my son. His friends are always over. Those are all boys. So I may be a woman with three to four little boys in my house over a seven-day period. I might have two days where nobody else is in my house. All of that contact I have with them long-term. My son, who I have this direct contact with as a woman actively healing and actively working on his own healing and him seeing me, he then goes into his school system. He then goes into his classroom. That spreads again. It's like veins in your body. So sometimes um, there's just, that, just, just, uh, just by sheer biology, there's a greater gravity and impact of a woman's healing when you look at it on a community. If you look at most teachers in schools are women. So if you look at a black woman who's healing and she's in a school system, all of those children and those little malleable minds that she is governing and covering more so. So that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I hear you. I do. Uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I hear you. I just think it, it comes across, pretend, again, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll preface it by saying I do hear you. Um, I think it just comes across as men being insignificant, I think it right. can only and come then, across that way if a man feels that he's insignificant. If he doesn't think he's insignificant, then he knows for sure every good thing that she gets, she will share with him. Every good thing she gets, she will share with him. Hmm. Every. And I think that's that we come, we talk about male and female relationships in the black community. There is this sense of, not enoughness. There's a sense of a lot of times a competition um, where there's a one-upsman. Well, what about me? Well, it, when's it going to be my turn? Well, you got yours the last time. You know, you know, that type of dynamic that goes on that really doesn't work to bring us together. So I think the more um, anyone does their healing work, it, it becomes more difficult for them to hear someone say something empowering about themselves and think that it's about them. That's like me saying black lives matter and white people say all lives should matter. I'm not saying all lives don't matter. I am just centering myself in a way that I have not been centered in a very long time. The way um, uh, black women have not been centered the same way. If you say, you know, black mental health matters, somebody might say, well, what about white mental health? You're not saying one is more important than the other. You're just giving an opportunity and a spotlight to something that has been underrepresented. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, I, I do. I, I want to think on that some more, right? And because and I feel on it, try feeling on it, not thinking on it. 
<laughs> so that's what that's what that's what you can't do. You can't let people know. <laughs> you can't let people know what your therapist tells you because then they're going to use it. They're they going to use it against you. you. That's no, what a no, good black woman definitely... does. Now she takes everything you tell her and she's going to use it against you for your that's good. That? For, for, for my for my good. Listen, I can I, I think what it is is I can welcome this, right? And we have this conversation about about women who felt marginalized and disenfranchised for so long. And I think there's never there's not a, a discussion on the black man and how he fits in that, right? I think we're in a a, a, a space and time where um the black women are are now thriving, openly thriving. Right. And so, I, well, I, I don't think that's I don't think that's I don't think it's I don't think men ha, I don't think black men have the authority to say what black women are doing, because that's the same way if a white person says black people are out here thriving, black people are no, out I, here I, I disagree. thriving. I know you do, but it's OK. No, no, I disagree, because I, I, as far as I mean, we can look again, we can look no further than what we're going to get into the the Aisha Curry uh, situation. And what's happening with her and how, again, women for the longest time have been, I hate to say allowed, right, for lack of better words, have been able to be emotionally expressive, emotionally vulnerable, um, as opposed been, to a man. But that's not yeah. all. But I, I think for black women, we have not been able to be emotionally expressive. The most emotions that black women usually get to feel are angry and horny. We either we either an angry black woman or we a hoe. That's how we are systematically described in so many ways. So we are actually just beginning to feel free enough to start to express, to even begin to express our emotions because most of us didn't grow up with mothers that had any sense of emotional expression at mm -hmm. all. So it, this is like really a first generation of yeah, people that for, are starting for sure. to and that's, yeah, so you, and that's yeah. what I'm representing. So you just said what I said, but you're allowed to say but it. Said, but you, no, no, no. You said for a long time, women have been able to express Well, when I say for a long time, I'm talking, I'm referencing within the last, the last 10 few years. years. The oh, last few years. Yeah. Then let, That's a big difference when you say a long time and over the last few years. Excuse me. I'm just saying. Touche. Touche. You know, I, I need to be more clear. I need to be more clear. But no, and I, I think that we're, again, where we are now, that there's really an emphasis that women, black women in particular, are putting on their, on their own wellness, which is a beautiful thing, right? And so, and so I don't feel that the, that type of permission has been given to black men. Right. And so, again, we continue to be marginalized because it's this idea of what I hear you say coming from your perspective. I, you say women are kid, black women can heal the world. They can heal black men because the reach that we have. And what I'm saying is we, too, have that same reach. Right. And I think that goes into the idea of why we feel marginalized, because it's this idea that that women are the emotional saviors, right? And when they're well, everybody's well. And what we're seeing now is that that's not the case, right? That is, that isn't the case. It doesn't automatically happen. Oh, when we become well, it's not to say, oh, we're well, y'all will be good. What I'm saying is it, it opens up the portal. And actually, if you, even in looking at black women's emotional wellness becoming more popular, 
I think that in itself does help men because it creates a, an example. Because now it's like men, men now are more like, we want some of that. Look at these black women getting their shit together. Look at them taking care of themselves. Look at them putting themselves first. We want to do that too. I think that's a great thing. I don't think it's necessarily something to be like, what about us? We're left behind. I think I'm not trying to be funny, but oftentimes we are forerunners in certain ways. You know, so <clears throat> men, men can be forerunners in ways of, of corporate America and, um, tech innovation but I'm saying that that has been because there's been a structure set up to support that and then that does open doors for women to, to look at it and be like oh I like to be a CEO of a company I mean of course 9 out of 10 of them are white men but I, I you know I can maybe I want to break into that and I think whereas women are more like emotional CEOs and men are now saying like oh I want you know I don't want to be over here anymore I want to be here but I think what happens is we still bring this us against them mentality in which is counterproductive to healing because healing is about a connectivity because mm -hmm. I don't think that women are intentionally leaving men out of that emotional healing journey. I personally know lots of women who are trying to have relationships with men who have not started their healing journey and they are like, let's call the therapist. Let's try couples therapy. Let me send you these memes. Let me send you these affirmations. Did you listen to this sermon? Like they want to bring their partner along with them. They're not trying to go and be like, well, we, we healed now and you're not because that's not that's not real healing. That's putting on. You know what I'm saying? Okay. All right. All right. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to get into, the, I guess, the hot-button topic for the last 48 hours, which has been uh, Mrs. Curry, Miss Aisha Curry, and, and her comments on, on Jada and her mother and daughter's Red Table Talk. Now, full disclosure, I haven't watched it. I knew right? you hadn't. <laughs> got the you know most I shit have, to say. No. Don't talk the most shit about women. Like, well, I, I didn't watch the whole thing. No, I, I, first said. off, first off, I, you know, I, I don't talk shit about women. I'm just open. <laughs> I'm honest. I'm saying what brothers are feeling, right? I'm saying how brothers are telling, like, they come into what? my group and right, they, they feel marginalized and they're, they feel left behind and they feel like they're, they really are left to do this work on their own. Right, which I, I think there's some type of personal responsibility and accountability that needs to take place for sure. Um, but it doesn't it's not a community feel. Right. I don't I don't get that community feel and a lot of other brothers don't get that community feel. It's like I got my shit together, now it's on you to get yours well, together. I feel like and it's not dealt with the same grace that, that one would want. But I think it's interesting we think about community. Let's think about a barbecue, right? When you come to the community barbecue, everybody should bring something, right? And I think instead of men feeling like, oh, they're not inviting us, instead of, I, I, I don't hear, men don't come into my DMs um, or into my comments asking, do you work with men? Um, what, are, what are, you know, they don't start the conversation with me. Now, they might want something else in the DMs, but they don't come trying to build that community. If, if I have the community, if somebody, you're new or somebody's in the neighborhood, you bring a dish. Hi, 
I bring an offering to you. You have something of value that I want. I'm making a request to be allowed in um, versus there's a very, uh, I feel like men have this, still have this very maternal view of women that we are to come on in, baby. Come on out. Come on in out the rain, baby. Come on. It's like we're here. No one has, no one is, and no black women that I've ever come in contact with in healing are like, they better get it how they get it. We're here. We're in relationships with men trying to involve them. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, I had never heard, had no man come and say, I want to be a part of this community. What can I learn from you? What are some things that, you know, we can do? Because I, I, well, I, I think a part of that is there, there's a, again, there's a fear, you know, how but we. You, but you can't just be, but, but, but that's not a good, how long is that going to be the excuse though? After but you got to recognize. I'm going to put myself, you know, cause, because really when you think about a fear, what is it that you're risking that I'm going to say, what, what possibly if a black man sees a black woman doing her mental and emotional health work, that he's going to come to her and say, hey, I want to be a part of this. I have some brothers that want to be involved. And she's going to be like, nah. First of all, you should be happy to know that because now you can cross her off the list and know she's a fake and a phony. But you have to continue. It's like, well, you need a job. If I need a job, I can't be scared to apply for the job but if they don't tell me no. Well, I mean, but we got to understand, and I'm sure you're aware of the factors that go into why a man won't come up and say, listen, I need this type of assistance. It's how but we've been got, socialized, but, how, how we've we been conditioned. So sometimes if using your cookout analogy like me, like sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna go to the cookout because I ain't got nothing to bring, and it's just like, yo, you all right, let me have something to bring. You let can, me have you can go to the dollar store and go get some plates. You or sometimes I just need somebody. Right. Sometimes I need somebody to hit Phil up and say, Phil, come on, man, you know you could come through. But how, you know, how about this? How about if you look at all those times and you say, for every time I offer, I bring something, then I'm going to expect something back. But it can't be off the first rip. That it's like, call you up, call, call you up, call you up, call you up. How many times is somebody supposed to call you up before you say, let me go pick up some plates, some cups, and some Heinekens and go over here? Oh, I don't have nothing to bring. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to come early and I'm going to set chairs. Well, I mean, well, if I've been shamed and beaten and battered for years and years on end before going to cookouts and it was just like I don't know if I'm going to go to this cookout. But you're going to a cookout and with other people who've been shamed and beaten and battered. You know how many women have tried to love men and invite them in and create a loving environment for them and they've been abused. They've literally been physically abused, sexually abused, emotionally, psychologically abused by men when their only goal they've seen their mothers abused by men. So these these women it's not like these women have not suffered their own trauma. So we can't play, well, I've been hurt so bad, I shouldn't be expected to show up. No, 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 that's not what it is. But what it's saying is there's, again, I, I'll always say it's empathy. You know what I mean? We have to have but, empathy. But, but have empathy for the women as well. Maybe we don't oh, yeah, know. For Maybe, for right, sure. So you can't say, and this is my whole thing, and I think we talked about this before. I am not on a man telling a woman what she needs to do like this is what women need to do for us because it's like so 
You're saying you're you're beaten and bruised. You're broken. And you're saying that you know what the remedy is. And the remedy is for the woman to do something and she needs to do it like this. And that's a very, that can be a very controlling situation because it's like maybe the best thing a woman can do is heal and then you see how she's healing and you take notes and you try some of those same things yourself until you get to a point where you can start to show up with her and show her, look, look at my book. I've been working on my shit too. I'm not far as you, but I'm working on my shit because yeah. I promise you that's all women want. All we want to see Oh, he working on his shit. Oh, you started going to therapy two weeks ago. Do you understand how sexy that is? That's what we're looking for. We're looking for somebody to saying, yeah, me and my, 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 my baby's mother, we didn't work out. It's not all her fault though. I can see where I, where I, where I messed that up. I can take some ownership over that. When we see that type of self-reflection in a man, we can, we're, we're down, but we want to see something. You know what I'm saying? Even if even if we, we see y'all hanging around the cookout, like, damn, they done, they, they, they obviously want to come in. They sitting around. They done liked every post. They saying, big up, go, go, sis. They're showing <laughs> some type of some type of attraction to this content, to this movement. Come on in. Show something. You know, if you're too afraid to come all the way to the cookout, stand across the street and, you know, field traffic we are we're watching all of that and it's not a time that black women have not shown up for black men whenever that's why i'm saying but it, but i'm saying when she's able to show up for herself if she yeah. can't show up for herself she can't show up well for I, I think that's i think that's critical right i think yes. that's critical we, so we have to have show up for ourselves video. before we can right. show up for anybody right. else so, but so when but when she has something Oh, if she, long as she ain't on E, she has something that she's built in for herself. She's willing to share it if she has something. So I, I, I would like to see a time in our history, our culture, not just in, oh, you know, an experience you may have had in high school that's isolated, but culturally how women have shown up for the black man and black family. And, and that's not a competition of against, but I think we have more evidence of being inclusive of our black men and wanting to protect them and love them and nurture them than we have of not. And I do think black women get a bad rap now, like, y'all got it going on and y'all done left us behind. And it's like, really? We haven't. We've been trying to get with y'all, but you don't want to be in a relationship. You said you were going to come out. You said we were going out on Thursday. You were going to be here at 8 o'clock and you didn't show up. And now here next Tuesday and you calling me being like, oh, my bad. Like, <laughs> that's when we got to, and that's when we got to offer grace, right? Because players no, have no, 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 no. That's not grace. That's not grace because your boss would not take grace. If you're supposed to be to work at 8 a.m. on Friday and you don't show up and you don't call and you come in next Tuesday, you do not ask Mr. Charlie to have grace on you because your ass is fired. What you're going to come is you're going to come with a, a police report and say your ass been locked up all weekend. Even if you had to pay somebody to create it fraudulently for you, you're going to come with something and you're not going to let it happen again. So that is not grace. You're not going to be a 30 or 35 year old man saying you're going to be somewhere 
and then you're not where you said you were going to be because then for a woman who's been traumatized she's been shamed she's I, been I, hurt I, I she's been it. abandoned like no nah. i get it you know and I, what i say to that is you know and this might be me caping for for the black and brown men progress is a slow process you know what I mean? Progress well, is a slow process. Well, give that to us then. Give that to us. Give that to Aisha think, Curry. No, see, and, and when you, since you bring up, you know, bring it back around to Aisha, and again, I, you know, I haven't watched it, but her comments have made the rounds as far as um, the lack of male attention makes her wonder is something wrong with her, right? I mean, that's and how so, we've been socialized as women, that our value is in what men think of us. Yeah, so, and no, I, and I, I agree and vice versa. I think that's just how we've been conditioned as a people, not even, you know, as far as people of color, but just people in general, just um, attention, and especially where we are now in the social media era where we can see that, you know, I just saw a heart pop up, right? Attention matters, right? It makes us feel good. And so, you know, I, again, I, I, I empathize with her and offer grace, the first thing that came to my mind as a, as a black man and what I've seen a lot of men uh, talk to some of my married friends about it and we automatically go to, damn, if that was me, I wouldn't be shown this, this level of, of, of grace. I would be considered a fuckboy, right? I if, think, if, I was, I think... if I was emotionally vulnerable saying that, you know, and I have the post here, I'm not going to read it, what it says, but it says, fellas, on a scale of zero to divorce, if you were to get on ESPN and say, I mean, it ain't like I'm searching, but I hope that it says, I'll say women, still keep an eye on me, how much hot water would you be in? Right? And I... I, I mean... I think that's an apples-to-apples comparison. But, 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 but I, I don't. And, and then I think... My thing would be, so what if somebody thinks you're a fuckboy if you get on TV and you say something that's emotionally vulnerable like okay so what if somebody calls you a fuckboy but i but i think that the, i think what, because what's women have jumped over is... her too so i mean it's not like everybody's jumping to her defense there are women that are like girl what's wrong with you so women have attacked her as well so i'm saying what she said was her truth just being, but even but even being afforded the opportunity to be able to make a comment like that, whether one will agree or not agree, we aren't afforded the opportunity. You can't. My thing is, you can't afford the opportunity. What's what's going to happen? Society, society affords. Again, I think. Tell okay. Tell me what's going to happen. What would happen to you right now if you got on? So well, you can't use me for an example because I'll I'll tell everything that's happening with me, so I'm so not you, a good so example. You have but I think if the opportunity, but no, I, for me, right, and how I am, and but what, it's still, but what if? But what if you set the example? What if you came on and every night? I mean, I think I do emotionally. But listen, but this is what I'm saying though. If you share something emotionally vulnerable that that some people would think is fuckboy. What type of you then are creating an opportunity? No, I, I agree, but I'm talking about the environment being safe enough for a man to be able to have this same conversation. Yes, of course, I can go up there, or if the roles were reversed, if it was Steph Curry, could he go up there and say it? Yeah, but again, what would the backlash look like? But and that's my all thing I'm is, saying. she's not, but she's really not safe because she has backlash. I'm trying to figure out where is the safety 
for her in saying it. There was there there is no opportunity afforded for her to be open and honest and feel safe about it because she just said something and a comment that re I heard what she said, but over everything else that was said that I watched in that 27 minute interview, which was some really powerful, beautiful things. You have a black woman running her own show on Facebook who sits down with other black women. Here's a black woman who's been married for 32 years. She has three successful children who are all holding their own. They are all, all uh, role models in their communities and the communities at large. Mm -hmm. This woman's been married 31 years. She runs, she does run a small dining. No, listen, uh, listen, and that's, okay, but, and that's yeah, dope. No, but, but I'm saying for all of that to be said, the only thing that people have to talk about is that Aisha Curry said that she feels invisible. I think that's the more important thing because we all think what she got to feel invisible for. She got a man, she got money, she got ABCD. What she was saying was, I feel invisible. And what we did was we even showed her and like we showed other women, don't get on a public platform and express your emotions. A black woman still does not have the opportunity to freely express her insecurity. No, I, I disagree because Let's just like it. you said, the, the, the format is there for her to be, even be able right, to do but, that. Right, and but so I'm when saying, we but look she at... has been attacked and men, and especially by men, I'm like, how did men center themselves on this conversation? She wasn't <laughs> even talking about because I think I, but it, no, it, so I'll so say why, this. So why could she have her moment? Why couldn't, why couldn't the men just be like, oh, this is all the men had to do in one sweep and one fell thing. Aisha, girl, we see you. You bad. We love you. That's, and they could have left it at that. Why do no. men then have to pick up? This is, a, a, and so again, and, and this is, because as you said, it was women who were also, but again, I'm a man. So of course I'm going to look at it from a man's perspective. Now, with from that being said, perspective, no, not, not at all. How can not. we support her? What she was saying was she wanted some validation. No, and, and what I'm saying, give her the validation. And, and, and what I'm saying is, listen, I have no problem with what she said. I understand, um, that again, uh, attention and, and, and what have you, we do like external, external quote unquote validation. It makes us feel good. There's nothing wrong with that. I have no issue with her, me personally. I have no issue saying with her saying it, but I can understand the perspective of if, if we in a classroom and I, I see little Johnny do something, right? And he gets a, a, you know, he gets a little slap on the wrist or he just allowed to do it. He gets a little talking to it. And then I do something and it's, I get suspended. I get expelled for, for similar behaviors. I'm going to look at it a little bit differently. And I, guess, I think I that's guess this is my thing. I would, I would need to see an example of when a black man was on TV and he was emotionally honest and vulnerable and he got shamed publicly and drugged through the mail. Because I, feel I can, like I can tell you right now, what more do you, what more do you want from me? Who said that? Tyrese. Tyrese got dragged up and down the hill because he cried and he said, what more do you want from me? He became memes. He became but people me, making but jokes. But think about this right here. Compared to Tyrese, and I think some people would agree, versus um, I feel like what she said was in a genuine moment. 
when I saw Tyrese and every time I see Tyrese, I feel like Tyrese is actively fishing for mm. attention. So he can't, so he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt because he's, like he he's does visible. It consistently though. I think he does it consistently. Whenever I see him on IG, he's consistently, I even feel like with the whole John Singleton thing that he made, um, he, he went back somewhere like in his truck and he like came out and looked around. It felt like he was even making that situation about him, that it wasn't truly about John Singleton. It was about Tyrese. He found a way to center himself in this man's tragedy. So to me, I've always felt like that when I see Tyrese, that it feels disingenuine. So I should, that, that's, to me, that's why that example doesn't work. Cause I felt like where she was in that conversation, it was just a genuine thing how she felt. She just said it and kept going. But Tyrese is posting his own shit. Like, okay, here I am. You know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe I, that goes to the black man and how he feels in, invisible and how he doesn't feel heard. And so in order to garner some attention um, and him needing to, uh, where, where he can be potentially but I, validated. But is that narcissistic attention though? Or is he really wanting true? I think there's a difference between I, even in a, in a I gotta give him the benefit of the doubt until he shows me otherwise and even then if he shows me otherwise I still have to give him the benefit of the doubt I think that I, I'm not a benefit of the doubt person I don't I, that's not me okay. I think I, well, I, I follow point. my instinct and my intuition and if I think you want some shit if I smell shit it's shit I'm not gonna be like <laughs> I'm gonna give this shit the benefit of doubt and maybe it's pudding no it, it could be avocado it smells like shit I'm not eating it. So when he come on there, be smelling like shit, you know? Yeah. So I, I just think it's interesting right now in this point, men, I think black women are smelling themselves right now after a long time of not smelling themselves. And I feel like men feel left out. Some of that men did to themselves. I, I agree. I, so, I agree. And I, and I don't, and I as still, women are not, I feel like some men feel like women are waving their freedom in a man's face. Ha, ha, ha. That's not what we're doing. Really? Like well, a man just feels, about, that, again, I, I, I always throw that yeah, name but, in. But, yeah, but, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, no, but, no, but, no, I thought but it, but no, I, I, yeah, I know, I see, I see, and, and no, because I listen, I know a lot of dope women who are doing dope things. Uh, for themselves and to help the the betterment of for the betterment of other women for sure. So I, I don't because the Black Lives Matter movement was started by women, lesbian women at that. So we're talking about Black Lives Matter. The, the but can it, but it, but in reality, it can only go so far, right? It can only go but, so but no, no, far. No, I'm not saying how far how far yeah. it goes. I'm just saying that these are still women that are in the forefront of movements that are about brutality against Black men. I got you. you. Know, it... So, so, so with Aisha Curry, would you say? Because my thinking is, I, listen, and it's a big step in her healing process to even be vulnerable enough to to say that in public, right? That's a, that takes a lot. That takes a, a a lot of emotional labor to to really make put yourself out there, knowing you're going to be seen by by millions of women uh, or just millions of people in general. Uh, I, you know, I. <laughs> and you're going to say, well, wait, tell it, you're making it about men again. I question the timing. Like, I don't know when this was shot. 
right? I don't, I don't know if this is a question how this would impact Steph, right? Um, yeah, that's what we should be thinking about. I see. That's what I'm saying. I can't. Even, but this is the part. This is part of the problem, right? I think this is the highlights. How, how it impacts him? What? How, this how this highlights part of the problem. His check. Okay. Like, how does it impact him exactly? Because he has really to go to. He has to go to his place of employment, right? Oh. No, I'm, I'm not negating what she's experiencing, but I have to look at all the factors that that are you? that are affected by this, oh, right? Damn. And so, and, but that's why she feels invisible because every part of her life she it revolves around Steph. I, we're not just Steph and her three children, her children, and everyone else. So she is totally not centered in her world. So of course she feels invisible. So the fact that we would then. Uh, even I'm not saying it's bad timing. I don't. I don't want it to say like that because that makes it sound bad. What I'm saying what is, she uh, should have waited to express herself. Vulnerable. No, that's not. That's also not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Not at all. Not at all. Tell me. Because uh, <laughs> that's what it sounds like. I'm saying. That's. That's why I'm. <laughs> that's why I'm laughing. That's not what I'm saying. Um, I. I <laughs> But even this, when I say this is the issue, because again, and, and we said I said this earlier, me, I'm not even allowed to to say that, and and you potentially are allowed. you just you to, are to allowed, to, but but you might risk something. But so what? You are allowed, but in some ways you might get laughed at, you might be made fun of, you might get joked on. Same thing happened to Jesus. You gonna stop doing it? My thing is, why are why are why are men worried about is somebody gonna call them a fuck boy? Because we recognize what the what the ramifications are, right? What the consequences but, potentially but, right, could but be. there's always a but that's I mean if Martin Luther King was worried about that, you know what? This shit could I could die. I have four children and a wife. I could die if I keep saying this shit. I've been stabbed, my house been set on fire, they calling me, they burning I could die. So fucking what? So you're gonna get ribbed on social media that versus your own healing and your own freedom you can't or just, or, or just give you your freedom nobody's i think no again I, listen i agree but i think but you'll agree that we are in a place in time where right now men are allowed the the opportunity to f up in I public don't, i don't agree right? about being allowed to f up in public like i talk about my mother publicly on the instagram do you fucking understand me do you understand the impact that has the way my family talks about me sees me shames i get it me. I, so i don't i, I don't it. have i don't care you don't, you don't see you don't you don't subscribe to that right I and don't so know because it's not real i don't subscribe to something that's not real you might get some backlash. Okay, that's the only way you can make progress. You want to you want an easy road to freedom? There is no not, easy road to freedom. There is no also, easy road to freedom. But but you also don't want to end up on a shade room. You know what Who I mean? Cares? You don't Most No, but again, you 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 you're making this scene. Let me tell you about first of all. Ain't nobody think about y'all. First of all, nobody is even caring enough to be like, "Oh, Oh, that is in uh, that is the psychosis. That is the the neuroticness that we. That's not that though. That's ever, the that's the. Who gonna be on? But and if you're on shade room, so do you think that what's that little boy that was um the wear the glasses that was on um that was on the Breakfast Club, the little young boy, Superman. Oh, Soldier Boy. So do you think Soldier Boy cares about people making fun of him? 
everybody made fun of Soldier Boy after that interview and talked shit about him. His stock went up. Bad press no, is better I, I than no press. No, I, I think people so care about about is, how so people so care about people, but it's a reality though. Just like she, what's her reality, reality is it? she cares about uh, attention and and she cares about external validation. And, but so does and everybody have, else. That's why they're not saying anything. Th and that's what I'm saying. And so if she's allowed to do that, we but care about perception. But, Public but, perception okay. matters. But then that's what then then say that on there. Say get on there and be like, this is my vulnerable moment. I care about what all y'all motherfuckers think. Y'all don't even know me, but I let you all shape my life because I care more about what y'all think than I care but about we can, what's best but for we can, you. But we can't. Listen, in, in, in a utopia, in a, in a perfect world, in a social media free world, we can all I'm be, not saying that you're be gonna open get and honest with that. Mean, no, but yeah, yeah, of course we can, we can deal with it. We can deal happen? with but I'm letting. Right? But what I'm saying, what I'm doing is, I'm letting you know how what men are out here feeling, what they're telling me. Well, a lot of women right? feel how, the same way too. How they're how they're, go, how they're going into spaces and how they they don't fit. The environment is not safe enough to be verbally expressive as to whatever it, it is that they're feeling. Right, I, I and think so sometimes that sometimes we I and think so that reinforces. Go to a different space. There are safe spaces. If there's a space that's not safe for you you can turn around and go to another space. You can go to another space. You can find Phil. Phil got a safe space. You can find Rashawn. Rashawn got a safe space. White men, they got safe spaces, and they love for black men to come up in their spaces, too, because they love all that melanin magic that y'all be bringing. So Wait. make your own space. I hear you. Go, Again, we're... we're I'm not we're talking in a, in a, We're talking about an, uh, uh, an emotionally advanced type of individual who you're saying they can go to different spaces of course but they the can. only but, but, but the only way you can get better is to start even if it's messy even if it is like because i feel like what you're saying is some type of opening needs to be created for black men where they know that they are safe we're just starting to feel safe my goddamn self and that shit is still on a very good day we still so it's like what I feel still feel like the onus is on us. What are we not doing right for black men? Like, oh my God, what else? Do you, what what do you want? That's, what do you want us to do? What what more what do you, you want from me, huh? What do you want us to give you? What do you want us to say? What like it's like, damn, you want it? We cook for you. We have a baby. We suck your dick. The fold, clothes is fold. Like we do it. What what else do? Okay, now we gotta hold your head. Now we now when we gotta. We have to now decenter ourselves. We just started centering ourselves like two, three years ago. No, you you don't That's have to decenter yourself. But, we, but, but you, you have, have to. to. But you do have to. There has to be because there's a great amount of emotional labor that goes into helping someone else heal. And I, it, I agree. It just, so at I, some I, point, I, you don't have to permanently decenter yourself. But it's like it's time now. Men have decided that it's time for women to shift their energy toward us now and what i'm saying is we have created a phenomenal blueprint you all can still take that blueprint and continue to move with it it might not be popular in the beginning the me too movement didn't just start last year the me too movement started years and years ago where ain't nobody know about that shit she was posting and 10 people was liking her page but she stayed with it because it was about the mission now it has blown up into something like, oh, she just started doing this. 
last no, year. No, no, last year. no, 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 no. But, I, but that's my, but that's my whole point. Yeah. Now, Me Too was mainstream. It wasn't always mainstream. So what black men have to do right now, it's not going to be mainstream. My son, it may not be mainstream until my son is 11 when he's 20, that it is something. Everything that we do now is not going to be for our benefit. It just I has to be done. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> so we're going to shift gears. In the hell, it's you, you trying to get my blood pressure up. That's what it is. No, it's all good. It's all good. So, oh man, I don't even know where to go after that. Um, so what we're getting to now is I don't want to talk about baggage that that women potentially bring <laughs> into relationship. No, I don't even because I think we've had, I think we've touched on on what one needs to do and how one needs to cope and the importance of of one working on themselves prior to getting into relationships. And I think what I said off here was, you know, this these feelings that Aisha Curry have, I wonder if they've always existed. Or if there there's something that that's new, um, you know, I'm, it's she's an interesting person. Um, just overall, I was having a conversation about, you know, her and what she desires. She wants attention from men, right? Um, but just to know to be acknowledged that she's there, right? And I looked at her, and it was just like you've positioned yourself. Right. And I think she has a lot to do with that, how she positioned herself and how she presented herself as to why she's not garnering that attention. Right. Yeah, she presents I mean, nobody's her responsible for her experience. She's she's 100 percent yeah. responsible for her experience. She's not. A did, she, did she did not did she acknowledge that at all in the Red Table talk about how oh, that's right. She didn't watch it. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I have, again, I have no desire no, to I mean, watch but, You it. know what? But but no, I mean, she said it and they moved on like that was such a small soundbite that it didn't even all they said to her was, girl, you know what they did as sisters? They all came and said, girl, you think nobody is checking for you, but they are. And then they went on to the next topic. Like it really was there, and then it was something else. It wasn't even a major yeah. piece of the conversation. Now, did she say? Because I, I was trying to find it in an article that I had read earlier. Did she say anything about where he has to introduce her? Do you recall that at all? I think they were talking about he. I think that they were talking about when there are a lot of like groupies and women come up and like they're together. And she's and, and the women he's talking to he's talking to women that are coming up. I don't know. I'm not. They, maybe they're not groupies. I guess it's just the attention. You have fans, and you know, okay. the, you know, somebody wants to start a whole conversation, and she can sense that this woman is she's not being forthright. Whoever this woman is who's talking to him, they're okay. not just saying oh hi. They're like hey, and a defense of that a lot of times that men don't realize they can use is, oh, here's my wife. Oh, hi. Oh, this is, oh, hi. So, so oh, this is my okay. wife, Aisha. That's okay. what she was saying, like, bringing her into the conversation so you understand. You're not just talking to me. You're talking to me and my wife. And her thing was, he is not cognizant. He doesn't have the sense to under, not only common sense, but he doesn't sense a woman being attracted to him or trying to come on to him. She's saying, like, he doesn't He's oblivious to it. Yeah. I, you yeah, know, I, I mean, yeah, no, so no, no. So, I, now, I, so now he just, instead of even, he, so I think now what she's saying, like consistently now, he just knows 
no matter what, I'm going to bring her into the conversation. Because you can feel alienated. Like, you're standing there with him, and then five or six... But that's what she's... But that's what she's... No, no, no. But, but, but you, first of all, to say that... Stedman's been alienated for, for 35 years, and nobody gives a damn about no, Stedman. I don't... No, I don't think Stedman... Free Stedman. Yeah, I don't. I think Stedman is very happy. Stedman is just like one of her cocker spaniels. Stedman is chilling. Okay. Did you just compare <laughs> a black man to a little annoying dog? That's. I'm saying they are well cared for, and they don't have no beef about <laughs> oh. shit. They are well cared for, pampered. They look good. They are clean. They got the best kibbles and bits out there. I think Stedman is good, but I think. Um, it can be even, and it, this isn't even about whether. Or is that just her being insecure, right? Because when I read it initially, I'm thinking like, this is my everywhere I go, I, I have to introduce you. But but I think it's interesting because none of us know what her experience is. We we, we go somewhere and we can we can walk in one person. Nobody may not even speak to us in a whole week. We may not even see anybody that recognizes us in a freaking month. So imagine. You're going out to dinner with your husband. He's been out of town for two weeks playing basketball. And this is your first night seeing him. Okay? And y'all go out to have dinner, some time, quality time to bond. And three women come up and, and bombard your space. I don't think it's fair to say, oh, that's what you signed up for. Because that's actually what someone said to her. She was saying she was actually in the truck breastfeeding her child uh, yeah 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 that's and different, then somebody, that's different. Right, but, but, but when my point is somebody even said to her then this is what you signed up for so that's a really dangerous thing to say what someone but, it's, uh, but i think but i think that's I a reality that's, like you know if no, you just but you don't you, know you don't oh but but if you haven't I, I, that, I, how do you know and you if you haven't been in that experience yeah if you haven't experienced for sure yeah, but I, so but I still but still there's still some truisms that comes when you're dating an NBA superstar and your your husband is a face of But I think it's also he knows what he signed up for by getting married. You still have a responsibility to make her a priority. She still is your number. Hey, even hey, if not, hey listen, I, listen, I'm 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 I might not do this. You fucked me up right there. You know what I mean? That was I liked how you did that. that Somebody tapped from hard score. There you go. No, you fucked me up right there. He, I, I, that was a good transition. I appreciate that for sure. Now, I ain't got much to say after that, right? Because that is what he Thank signed you. up for when he when they got married. When you got and married. Stuff. Yeah. His and so, father, I mean, yeah. And, and he's seen it. He was raised in an NBA family. So, hey. No, nah, listen, I dig it, I dig it. So so when you talk about let's get into the to the, the mother wound aspect. So when you talk about the mother wound, what is exactly the mother wound? I, I know my, my girlfriend, she's reading some book about I think she mentioned it in here about the sacred womb or something like that, which wound. Well there's a womb and there's a wound. Oh, oh so you were saying wound. I thought you were saying womb. No, look at Healing the wound. Wound. Duh. Wait, look. Because I, I know how to read. Let's let's go ahead. You you let me know about the sacred womb because I want to make sure that I. That yeah, I'm there's a sacred on. there's a sacred womb, but we're talking about um, a sacred uh, 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 the mother wound, which is a pain or a trauma, and a mother wound. Mother wound. Okay. A mother wound is the um, trauma that is inflicted 
from a lack of maternal and emotional nurturing that usually happens in childhood. I think collectively that's what it is. So collectively, I think all, we all have some type of mother wound just based off of how the patriarchy is set up and how women have been stripped of so much power. They're not even able to give to their children really all that this, that the potential that they have to give because so much of their power has been stripped away due to um, just masculine identities and where the power is and where we see value. Um, I work specifically with the black mother wound, whereas a mother wound that is so specific to us and to black people based off of our history here in this country in um, a racial, uh, racially oppressive country and, and slavery. So how black mothers <clears throat> parent um, oftentimes leaves a certain a specific type of wound on their daughters because oftentimes black mothers, based off of just their experience, raise their daughters um, for survival. And that survival is based off of no one's going to be there for you. Your value is only in your body. You need to be smart enough to outwit whoever's out there trying to get you. And you really can't trust anyone. And you, you can't really even trust yourself. Okay. Okay. So, so, so with that being said, what are, what are its implications for, for men? In, in what way? Um, in how those it, women relate to men or men having a mother wound? Well, how those women relate to men and how, you know, how the mother wound impacts men because you would agree that that those same ideals potentially could be passed on to men it might be some differences where you know might be reinforcing unhealthy uh tenets of masculinity um, um yeah I, yeah i think it shows up definitely it shows up in different ways so those two questions so how does um a woman who has a mother wound how does that impact her intimate relationships <clears throat> A lot of times it's very difficult for her to have intimate relationships because mm -hmm. to be intimate with someone, you have to feel safe. You have to be able to be vulnerable. You have to be able to share and submit yourself with another. So if you're raised that there is no safe place for you and then there's no, no one that you really can trust or confide in, oftentimes women then take their role as a caretaker of other men and um, making sure everybody else is good because that's how they believe their, what their value is. How many problems can I solve? That's why mm -hmm. we oftentimes get into relationships with men who have lots of problems because mm -hmm. it's like, oh, if I can solve the problem, he'll keep me around. And that's really actually the, a survival mechanism even for the black women back in slavery. Because if you say we weren't the strongest, you know, we couldn't, till the fields the same way we couldn't lift everything we couldn't run the fastest but we could solve problems we could be clever we could get inside and we could get extra food for our kids we could um when 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 the mistress of the house is having her anxiety attack or she's sad or something is going on you give her advice you can you can make her feel better when the babies are sick you know you know what herbs to give them to make them well so that was a woman's superpower was being useful so that's what was passed down. Mm -hmm. This is how you stay valid. And so now when you come into a relationship, you don't know how to even um, 
express your own needs, you don't even know you have needs and you don't know how to let someone be there for you. So you may come off as defensive. You may come off as rigid, closed down. Um, you might be extremely needy. You might have um, an, an anxious attachment style where you're always trying to get some type of validation. Will someone love me? Will someone love me? Or you might be someone who, who doesn't really engage in intimate relationships, you know, at all. You might even be in a marriage, but it might be a marriage of convenience. Okay. So those okay. are different ways it shows up. For a man, his mother wound shows up unresolved. What I find is an unresolved mother wound in men usually shows up with men having um, a, a, a sense of uh, um, anger with women. It's a, it's a kind of an undercurrent thing because there's something they oftentimes are upset with their mother about, but they also adore their mother because you're, for a man, that is his first intimate relationship with a woman is with his yeah. mother. He adores yeah. her. He worships her. So the conflict comes in. He is also angry at her for something she did. Even though, you know, if this happened as a child, she, he, she couldn't, he doesn't understand. She may not have had a choice. She didn't know what she was doing. That child mind knows, oh, she just abandoned me. She left me, whatever that mm -hmm. is. But he's still not able to hold the mother directly accountable. So he then takes it out on a woman. Whether that means he cheats on her, he's not emotionally available to her, um, he demeans her, um, he thinks that she should bear the, the burden of his life, she, he thinks that the debt, whatever is owed to him, he looks for the woman in his life to pay that debt. But that debt is not hers. And he's looking for someone to prove that he is safe when actuality he has to go back and heal that wound with his mother. That's not a work that his partner can do. Yeah. No, listen, listen. That's, I'm like, mm, I'm just listening. You know what I mean? I was quiet. I was I was reserved. I didn't talk much. You know, I talked here and there, but I was the shy fat kid, you know? And so I, I've had that personality for the longest time. So even with me doing things like this, um, you know, I still got to battle with that, um, that, I still have to battle with that younger version of self, you know, even before coming on here, I still got to let myself know that, um, <laughs> she, she said she was the outgoing factor. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I still have to deal with that to let myself know that, you know, I'm worthy enough to come on here. Even if I did have a history of being shy and reserved and, and not being opinionated and speaking, that I'm capable of doing that now at, at 35. So I don't ignore, I don't ignore him. I let him pop up, but it's just like, yo, I got you. I'm gonna hold you down. I mean, I think yeah. that's an awesome thing to continue to talk about because it's so funny when people like you and I show up like this, they think that we were always like this. They think that yeah. it's easy. They think, oh, you just hopped on here and did ABC. They don't know the work that goes into letting yourself be seen like it's like the cliff that you're jumping off of every time so i think it's so important to 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 let people know that because i didn't know that about you i would never have thought that you didn't have an opinion about something because you got one about everything now so <laughs> you know so i think that's a really like how we talked about earlier like to take a second to frame something out 
yeah. to really take a second to frame that out um, because people always think, oh, I'm not like him. He can do it. It's easy for him. It's not because that's what I get all the time. People think, oh, it's so easy for you to do lies. It's so easy for you to just talk about your life and be vulnerable and transparent. That shit is painful. It's like pulling out your own fingernails. You know what I'm saying? Until you start to kind of build, it's like building a muscle, like how you weight lift. It's like literally building a muscle, but to know yeah. it wasn't like this. I was the most, um, I always was opinionated, but I was very self-conscious and I mm. did not allow, I was not vulnerable at all. And I was consumed with what other people thought about me all the time to where it just, I was just frozen. So I think it's, you know, this is, I think that's a, I just want to say kudos and to continue to talk about that. Cause I think that is a, a part that people miss that you can change, you can evolve, you can show up differently and there's, there, you can create a new normal in your life with healing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so what I was, what I was going to say was just something that I've been dealing with, you know, working around my relationship with my mother and what I might have felt I was lacking early on and just becoming aware of how that impacted my relationships going forward, how that impacted what I wanted out of relationships. I mean, you couple, couple that with um, my, you know, my background as a social worker. I remember going to, to my supervisor when I was an intern um, at a child welfare agency and I was about, I was probably about 21. And what he said, to, I had a conversation about a young lady I was dating um, and how I was unhappy. And he was like, Phil, you know, think about it. Think about the profession that you're in, right? Like you, you want to help people, right? And so this finds us, this shows up in every area of your life, right? And so with that said, I started looking around even up until, you know, I don't want to say present day, but for a long period of time, I was dating people who, you know, I felt that they would be they would be really good if right, and I would I would see more for them than they may have saw for themselves, right? And so I, I put myself in that situation, um, thinking that I can help change, it, but I'm also bringing in, you know, I I need that that motherly type of love and affect. Not to say, you know, my mom just got, you know, got off the phone with me earlier. You know what I mean? But it still was something that she didn't offer me. Right. And now me going, me getting older, um, even though, again, I, I can cognitively understand, like, listen, she was in foster care. Her mom had psych issues where she wanted to throw her out the window as a baby and she was in foster care, and she had to survive her entire life. So she said to me, you know, Phil, I just, and I had to go see my therapist because it was something that, you know, we were working on. And, you know, she was like, have you talked to your mom? And I was like, yeah, you know, it's, like I know her story, you know, and it's just like, but do you, do you feel her story? You know what I mean? And so, you know, like her biggest thing was, I don't want y'all to end up in foster care. So I'm working 12-hour days. Right. I might date. I might be in a relationship where it it might be for stability as opposed to love. Right. And so me understanding what that looks like, 
And, and what I'm saying, you know, I, I look at my relationship with my daughter's mother, right? It's, I deferred a lot, right? I, uh, okay, there we go. I deferred a lot, right, to her. I, I still deferred. I think we talked about it earlier because now when I'm not deferring anymore and I'm saying, listen, I'm fully capable of, of standing on my own too now, it looks like, whoa, what's happening here? I'm not sure what that noise is. It's like something is like, it's like paper or something. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't hear it. You don't hear it? Because it's okay. not me. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. But, um, you know, and so that's me, you know, what I've, again, that awareness that I have. So we talk about mother woman that, that impacts, you know, my relationship with, with seven figure sister, you know, and how we, and how I'm showing up for her and how I'm not making it her responsibility to, to help me work through these issues that I've accumulated over time. But again, this shit is hard as shit, right? And so when I talk about, when I talk about for men and how difficult it is, especially, you know, for us, because we, you know, we've been conditioned to truly disregard our thoughts, feelings, and emotions, right? We've been completely taught that any type of, of uh, emotional vulnerability, any type of expression in that way, it, it just doesn't work. It's, right. it's weakness and it just doesn't work. And that goes against the survival that you need to make it out here. So when I hear you say, you know, uh, mothers are, are grooming their daughters for survival, you know, we too are being groomed for survival in in different ways, Absolutely. and then you have two people who are meeting up, who, who are all they survival. know, all they know is survival, and exactly they they bump they bump heads, and so then we get the questions of you smile for the white man, but you you come here and give me your lie ass to, to kiss. Me. Right. I can't, I can't, but like you said, I can't lie to you. I got to be able to let that mask come off, and and unfortunately, you might get a little bit of it. Right. Well, I, well because... I think then there has to be, I, I think then there has to be, a, it can't just be, I'm going to give this to you and that's that. It has to be then, I'm going to give it to you and there has to also be an opportunity for her to be able to release it too. It can't be, I'm going to give it to you and you just have to continue to hold it. Every time I come home, I give you a little bit more of it and you you don't get the opportunity to release it because it could be, look, this is what I'm going through, whoop de whoop de woo. But we know on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we're paying extra for the kids to go to a babysitter so you can have two days to yourself. So it can't just be, he's got all this, all these things he has to do when he comes home and she gets the brunt of it. She also then has to have the opportunity to repair that. Otherwise, she'll be ripped open. So I, I, I think that has to be the piece that, that has to be allowed because it just can't be she a bottomless pit to hold his Well, and, and, that, and I think that goes to the overarching point of, well, mama did it. You know what I mean? So why can't you do it? Right. right. And that, but that goes back to that wound where, yeah. you know, men are saying, which really is not actually true. It is a... Um, it's it's this perception we have of mother that she did everything. 
Because we well, need to we need to believe that about her. We need to believe that she was down for everything because that's what we want to see here. But we really, you really didn't get that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, no, trust me. I, I, I get it because my mom always say, even now, me at 35, she's like, you know, I just, I always want to protect you. So it was hard for her to ask me to go with her to, she had, she had to get surgery a few weeks back, uh, probably about a month ago. And it was difficult for her to ask me. You know what I mean? Because she, her thing is, I always want to protect you. I don't want you to know what's going on in a negative light with me, even though I, 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 I can see it. Right. And it's the opposite, the opposite with a woman, a woman, a mother mothering her daughter. <clears throat> what a woman does then, and she doesn't do this out of malice. What she says is, I need, I need to show you the worst. I need for you to see how hard this is. I need for you to feel this. So when it happens to you in your life, you are not surprised. And that is, that's the protect, that's how the woman protects the daughter. She's like, I'm gonna push your head under the water. I need you to know what it's like to be drowning. Because when you get out there, that's what's gonna happen to you. And that's the only way I can teach you how to make it is to, um, like if you're in the military, and they create these situations like they're going off to war, but they might be, be in the, the woods of West Virginia somewhere, but they create this environment, this mock war environment. That's how mothers oftentimes, black mothers raise their daughters. They create this, they, 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 bring, they bring them into that war zone because they think that's the preparation. And then for men, they raise, even this is from slavery, they raise a man um, to more so be 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 safe because if i if i can kind of protect you in a way to where when you go out in the world you may you don't come off as aggressive i don't want you because if you see me in pain i know you're gonna want to fight because i know you want to protect me but i don't want to foster that in you because it's not safe for you to go out into the world with the protector's mentality you're gonna die like that i need you to Keep a keep a mentality to where it's like you kind of are oblivious. Oh, everything is okay, you know. And I think and that there was a, I wish I could find like the study where it was actually in a book how mothers raise their daughters and sons differently. And a lot of times it's still the same way now. So so with that said, how can we better support one another moving forward? Um. I think becoming 100% responsible for our own healing and then coming, bringing that together. Um, I think it's important to leave the space open enough, open enough to where you can bring yourself. Like this is a safe zone, you know, like they have in school. This is a drug-free zone. They got to sign up, yellow sign, drug-free zone, Bully-free zone, gun-free zone, you know this is what you have. You know, creating that environment. If, if you came from a healthy situation and your parents loved each other and you, you've been well-socialized and all this happening, then you don't need that. But if you're coming from trauma and your mate is coming from trauma, then you have to almost set up a triage in your relationship. You have to have safe words. You have to have, you know, if I go and pull out, this this yellow piece of paper that means 
there's something I'm feeling that I can't, I can't say, but I know I can go pick that piece of paper up. That's to let you know, I need something. I don't know what it is, but I need some compassion right now. And I think we just, you just, we just have to be different about how we do relationships. We cannot do them the way that the old generations of you looking in Glamour Magazine or Essence, and they say, oh, this is the way to make your marriage work. That shit is a lie. You just yeah. have to get really, really real. And I think the best way to support is like everybody has to commit to their own healing. Everybody has to commit to being brutally honest about what they want, what they need. And the other person has to be brutally in accepting that and understanding it, it's not personal. Because you may find that that person needs something that you can't give them. And you might have to send them on their way. Mm. And we have to be willing to do that. Because if not, we're missing what's really there for us. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It has to be an yeah. understanding of needs. Absolutely. And then to know if you can meet that need or not. You might not be able to meet every need. And you, and you got to know what those things are and see if you can come to that agreement. And also know there's, this is an open door policy. I can meet for the last five years. I have been okay with meeting that need. I'm no longer okay with meeting that need. And I have a right to change my mind. And this may mean maybe you don't need it met anymore. Maybe there's something we could do. Or maybe this is the end. But I think we have to always stay in a space of growing because if we're not growing, we're dying. All right, listen, you good, you heavy, man. I'm, this is about to be you, you good, you good woman. You know what I mean? You good like, woman. You good woman, yeah. <laughs> no, listen, I, you know, I, I appreciate the conversation. I appreciate the pushback. Because again, for somebody, you know, that's new for me, right? That's new for me where I can ex. I'm not going to say I accept the pushback that you offered tonight, right? I'm not going to give you that type of credit. Mm -hmm. But, um, no, it's it's necessary, right? It's necessary. Yeah. And, and I don't know if I necessarily agree with every point that was made, but I do have some sense of a better understanding, right? Yeah. And so I think that's how we work to, to, to really improve the relationship between, if we're talking about, you know, heteronorm redon or the new slang, you know, heteronormative relationships or what right. have you, right? Or just any relationship in general is based on communication, is based on having a desire to want to understand and to want to hear. Um, I saw somebody post earlier about um, about Aisha Curry, and it was like, you know, I see people commenting about Aisha Curry, you know, what does your bank account look like? Um, what are you, what's happening in your life or for you to comment on this? And I have started writing, well, you know, this is a, a perfect opportunity for dialogue, right? That's what this pre presents. This presents teachable moments for for un the understanding of emotions and, and what have you. And so, you know, I think we definitely got that here. We definitely got that here tonight, you know, with this conversation. I mean, we, we definitely got to do a part two. I'm not going to say you won, right? Because it's not a, it's not a. a, a you don't a have to say it. And it's, it's not. It's not, but it's it's a draw. I could go with a draw. It's not, but and 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 and, <laughs> and then once we do the episode of because we, I still want to bring back that Nikki Giovanni James Baldwin conversation because I don't think that got to do the, mm -hmm. the the respect that it deserved as a 
from from our community, unfortunately, you know. Right. So it got a little soundbite love, but it didn't get that real deep dive that that it it's warranted. Right. So um so listen, listen, I appreciate you for, for coming on tonight. Oh, know, hold on one second. Uh, uptown Coca Cola said no she won, period. I just wanted to say, you know, as the fans Well and this audience, is where I talk that's about what she said. I'm not I'm not uh, what, saying I agree or disagree. Uptown Coca Cola, what what color what color is your cape? You know, right, because that's just, I recognize that about black women. That's black very women condescending. That's very condescending. That's to say that <laughs> it's she would not, say it's, I won because we're both women. You know, well, that's, very that's the commonality. But that, but how could that, that, that? That's the commonality that you see. Maybe she saw that I made more valid points. She, I mean, so what you're saying is I don't. Do or she's only, maybe she's not. A, she's way, not enough. The only way someone could say that I won is because they were a woman. That's very condescending to me. That, that that's the only way I could win is because another woman said I won. I mean, well, you said really it, not me. It's very you, chauvinistic. You, so we'll we'll work no, on that topic. No, that's not. It's not. No, I. It's over. I think I'm losing connection. Hold on. <laughs> well, I guess you don't want to promote what you got going on then. I always want to promote what I got going on. All right. They well, I guess it's coming back in. A promotion, right? No, yeah. So you can find me all the time at Jennifer Arnese on IG, Facebook, Twitter. Ma mainly I'm on IG. My book is on Amazon. If you look at my name, Jennifer Arnese, it'll come up. Fuck that cape, the grown woman's unapologetic guide to putting herself first. You can click the link in my bio. I've got free resources about healing your mother wound. Um, I have uh, coaching programs. I've got, I've got a retreat that's launching one is going to be in Atlanta this summer. And then I'm launching a retreat. I believe it's going to be in Costa Rica in late October where we're going to be doing healing on the beat. It's going to be so lit, lit, lit. It's going to be so good. So there's always things going on. So in my podcast, black woman confessionals uh, will probably be live by June 1st. So just if you follow me on IG, then you'll get all the updates and you'll see what's popping. And you'll see that I won in that one. So it's 1-1. One, one. It's tied. You, you definitely it. won't see that. <laughs> you ain't going to see that. Trust. Oh, what? Because it's, it's probably okay. going to be edited. It was entertaining. It was entertaining. It was informative and entertaining. He tried it. But it was good. <laughs> and with that said, uh, hit the subscribe button to share with a brother who can hear it and who needs to hear this conversation. And with a sister as well. Because uh, it definitely was, was great dialogue. As always, catch me on Instagram at Phil underscore Quadify, Q-U-A-D-E-F-Y, Facebook.com slash Philip with two L's, M-S-W. Catch me on my website, QuadifyLLC.net. Merch continues to be 25% off for the month of May because it's Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, am I missing anything? Are you doing, I'm you not. doing some type of weight? Thanks for coming out lifting you know courses what what are you talking about what's going on <laughs> i'm here? just messing with what's you happening? yeah <laughs> so i mean just, just like, <laughs> see I uh, the reason i'm like, the reason why you potentially won is because i'm hungry i went to the gym oh, i ran okay. and i didn't eat and so You're i'm not. feeling a little lightheaded I'm feeling a little lightheaded. We're going to make sure you know that you I mean? eat next time, that you eat, you well-rested, so you can take this whooping like a man. So we'll be back. <laughs> Peace. Bye.